you know, catching up on the last couple months of training, you know, you've been posting every day. First, I want to get into that. Like, how do you, how are you able to record and kind of edit and, and do all of that stuff? Like, what are you doing that? It's, it's almost incredible the, the, the <laughs> amount of content that you're putting out on your uh, stories on Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah, I never actually, I only started doing that when I got here. Um, and I think it's just become a habit, you know, daily. So most of what I post, though, will be like strength conditioning stuff or like recovery stuff, because obviously we're not allowed to have phones on the mat. I've, I've gotten in trouble for that. Um, <clears throat> and the coaches are probably like annoyed that I like do this all the time. But I think it's also kind of, you know, knowing that I'm the only one that um, uses Instagram regularly just because all the other, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so basically, you know, we're, eight, we're allowed to share like SNC stuff, um, recovery stuff, um, you know, and kind of like, I can talk about things, but in terms of documentation that they give us, um, like official documents with, you know, specific weight cut protocols or like specific presentations that they give us, um, especially when it comes to the actual MMA techniques and the system that they use, that stuff is confidential and kind of belongs, belongs to them, belongs to the UFC. So, um, yeah, so I basically feel like, you know, at least I can share what I can. Um, and also just kind of share my own opinions, you know, and, and how I'm feeling about the things that we're doing and about the journey. So in hopes that, you know, MMA is such a new sport. So a lot of people are just using a lot of different methods right now. And I wouldn't say that they're right or wrong ways to do things necessarily. Um, cause there are a lot of other really strong teams out there that don't have the access to the resources that we have. But I also know that there are a lot of people that are not doing it right, you know, and, and I, that was me as well for a really long period of time and not just, you know, not knowing how to periodize, especially when it comes to intensity, because a lot of people just believe more is more when, you know, we're being introduced to the system where we have deloads during the week. And so every Wednesday will be a softer day where we focus only on technique, which isn't something that I ever did with any other team that I trained with it was always just let's hit it hard Monday to Friday and then like finish with a relatively tough workout on Saturday as well and then having just one day to rest from actually training MMA with all the sparring and fight camp is is not enough and so most people are just under recovered so I think that's also one part of um, the program that I'm really trying to share with people the recovery aspect all right, let's delve deeper into that recovery. Like, you know, of course, Joe Rogan, you know, he's the one who kind of made the the float tanks and all that really, really popular. And then mm -hmm. people started to slowly, slowly get on board. I've noticed that you've been using that. Like, what are the effects of that? Because I have no, I've never done any float tank or anything like that. And probably most of the people in the world have not. And what what, have, what benefits have you felt from using that? that machine um so with the float tank i would say probably the most uh, beneficial recovery um thing that we have at the pi would be the hot cold plunge you know the ice bath like that uh you can feel effects right away with the float tank so not everyone does that i i don't know anyone else in the program actually that does it <laughs> regularly because it's something that's like you know you have to commit like a whole hour to you know, we're there like morning to night. So, um, you actually have to block out time. Um, maybe you can adjust the time, but typically if you go to a float place, it's an hour at least you can get like, I think maybe two hours. And so the water is very, very, very high in salt, very heavily salted. And so to the point where it's like really slimy to the touch and it's really high in magnesium. So when you get in there, uh, the temperature of the water is the same temperature as your skin. So the idea is, you know, you close that, it's like a kind of capsule. So you close it and you're floating in this water because it's so heavily salted. So you're completely just relaxed. You're not tense at all. So you're floating on this water and it's meant to simulate what it's like to be back in the womb because you just, there's, it's complete sensory deprivation. So because the temperature is the same as your skin, like there's just no contrasting feeling at all. And so you just feel nothingless. 
like weightless, like you're floating through space essentially. And so with, you know, where we are and most people live in cities and with where there's stimulation everywhere we look, you know, no one lives in like a cave or out in like, you know, the wilderness. So we don't have ever that feeling of complete deprivation of all senses. So it's a really interesting feeling, but it's also, if you expect to go in there and like be feeling some kind of sensation, that's like, you know, you're, you're going to be disappointed because all it is, is you're, you're just in there and it's like, like you're floating in space and there's nothing. And so if you're somebody who's like fidgety and like, you can't really, you don't really like to be alone in your own thoughts or, you know, that's, it's probably not going to be very enjoyable for you. So for me, it's more the fact that it's very heavily salted and, you know, there's a lot of magnesium in, in the water. It helps penetrate into my muscles. And so I like just soaking if, if, if at the very least I'm soaking in it for like half an hour, even 45 minutes, that helps me relax a lot already. And so when I get in there, I try to do really deep belly breathing um, and then just kind of let my thoughts just take me to wherever. So you really want to enter ideally a meditative state, which is easier done in certain situations if you're generally pretty relaxed. Um, if you're kind of in high stress and there are things that are bothering you that are in your mind, you might not be able to enter that meditative meditative state um, easily or if at all. And so I've had some floats where it's been amazing, where I just come out like feeling super refreshed, super relaxed, like I've thought through some like processes that I maybe wouldn't have gotten into, you know, just regularly um, because I, I'm an overthinker as well. And so not being able to break that down when I'm in there, like I like to think about like techniques as well and about things that, you know, with fight camp, like how I'm feeling about the fight and, you know, breaking it down. Um, but um, there are other times where I just like don't have a good float, you know, where I just, I'm uncomfortable and I feel like I'm overthinking things. And then I think of all these things that I need to get done in the day. And I'm like, I should do that. Like, why am I in here right now? You know? So it really depends on the person and, you know, where you are and, um, uh, and when your where your mind is at. And I think it's also a practice that gets some get, that takes some getting used to. So I think it's also kind of not for everyone, but if you give it a chance and you practice at it, um, it can be super, super beneficial. That's very interesting because I've only heard the positive effects of the float tank. I've never heard people, I never heard anybody say that you could go in there and have uh, a negative experience really with it because everybody's always saying that you go in there and you it's this wonderful capsule and you know you could go yeah. in and get lost in your thoughts but actually you just said that if you have certain thoughts and and if you're an overthinker you could overthink in a negative direction and the next thing you know you're in this crazy journey of negative thoughts it could happen right have it ha has it happened to you it's uh not necessarily like negative thoughts it would be more like um, like if, if I'm in, I, I just, if, if I'm not thinking about the right things, you know, it's like, you know, I want to think about like the bigger picture and sometimes I don't think bigger picture and I'm thinking about all the little things that are like, Oh, but this happened. Oh, but, but I haven't done that. Or, Oh, I should get this to this or, you know, and then that's not really making the, making the most of my time in there. Um, and I think, yeah, the experience is different for a lot of different people. Like I, I know a lot, like some of the guys that are in the program, like they're a lot younger and they maybe don't even meditate and they don't really do this kind of, you know, um, thought processing. And so they go in there and they're like, it was so boring. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> and so they're like, yeah, I was in there for 15 minutes and then I just, I got out. <laughs> so I think you just kind of have to know what you're trying to get out of it and have a clear intention. And then that will make your float, I think a lot better. All right. Now with the hot and cold plunges, is that something that you've, you've done before? Or is it just, is it something that you started when you got there to the PI? So I have not had access to a hot and cold plunge uh, prior to this. I've only had access to an ice bath. So in Phuket, we used to get into ice baths and it would be like blocks of ice that they put in there. So you know, that might be a hot day. The ice bath might be outdoors. There might've been a lot of people that got in there already. So it's not the cleanest. It's actually pretty gross. You kind of just don't think about it. You just get in there and you don't know how many blocks they put in there. So the temperature is not regulated. So you really don't know sometimes. 
Um, it's really not that cold. Sometimes it's freezing. Um, but with the one that we have here, so I've done that before. So we would do like, usually it's only an ice bath. So we'd ice bath and then go into the sauna or like, usually it's like a steam room in Phuket. But with the one here, um, it's two plunges side by side. That's like regulated, temperature regulated all the time. So the hot one is like 40 to like 44 degrees Celsius. And then the cold one is about like eight to 12 degrees, depending, depending on the day. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like there's the most benefit comes from that because we'll do maybe like four or five sets of say two minutes, two minutes, or one minute, two minute, two minute, one minute, really depending. And you, I feel that right away because you go in this, in this cold, cold tub, that's at times even colder than some of the ice baths that I've been in. And you're free. That's so cold. Like your first time you do it too, like you're not used to it. And you just, a lot of people can't even be in there for longer than like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, but you get in there and you just have to regulate your breathing and it's going to be super, super uncomfortable. So I love it as a mental exercise as well. Um, and it gets so cold that your skin almost starts to burn and then your, your fingers and your toes, they start to really hurt. Um, and all the blood is just rushing to your core. And so you do that and then you get out and you go straight into the hot tub, um, where your blood just rushes to your extremities. And so there's that contrast that, that, uh, promotes, um, circulation. Uh, and so that's the idea behind that. And so getting the cells to just the blood cells to just circulate more quickly to parts of your muscles so that you can recover more quickly, basically. So you're just trying to bring more oxygen to the, to the muscles and throughout the body. Um, the other thing that we do is we might just do a full eight. If it's been a really hard session, like a sparring, they'll get us to do eight minutes in the cold and not even get in the hot. And that one is, that one, that one's tough because you're in there two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, and you just like want to get out of there. And in fact, once you get past two, three minutes, it's a little easier, but it also depends on like the condition of your body. If you're like super depleted, if you're in fight camp, like it's just more excruciating. Some days are colder than others. If you have more body fat, it's like also a lot easier than someone who's like super lean. So in there for eight minutes and then you get out and you don't get in the hot tub. That one was, is, is pretty tough. And so the idea behind that is for, anti-inflammatory purposes. So really wanting to bring down all the inflammation in your body that could have been caused by obviously sparring. Going through all of that and putting up the stories and, you know, kind of updating everybody about your life at the PI. What has the reaction been the last couple of months with people just randomly going in there? And, you know, that's how Instagram is. People just randomly go in and watch people's stories. And do you get like messages from people that you've never you you never met before, you never heard of yes. before and just kind of Hell. get weird reactions all the time, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of them will be, you know, say like fighters, you know, obviously we have like questions or a lot of them could be like fight fans that have questions. Um, but I think just in general, like from an athletic point of view, you know, what we're doing is, I mean, the PI, like we have Olympic athletes come in there like all the time, like different teams coming through. So it's not really even specific to fighting what we do with our, you know, physiotherapy, our rehab therapy, um, all the recovery stuff that we do and even the S and C. So, you know, I'll get questions from people from different sports or even just people who are fans of sports or just curious, you know, or I find that it's fascinating what we do because it's also, it's just not your typical. Right. And so, um, and I love that. I, I love, interacting with people like I'll always reply if it's not something that's just weird you know or inappropriate I'll always reply to any all questions um no matter how obvious they, they might be uh, you know to me because I've been doing this for a long time um I know that it's just not something that people know about you know like even my parents like they have no idea like what we do or why we do it so um I I like that you know they you know it's kind of like a uh, my, my stories can be like a point of like reference for like education. Um, and so I try to really put, you know, as much as I can out there with, especially, you know, what, 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 what we're doing in different points of fight camp, you know, and why we're using bands, you know, why we're using heavy weights and why we're, we're doing more explosive stuff towards the end of it. 
um, because there are a lot of people that don't know that this is what we do and our training may be the wrong way. And just like I did, you know, I, I was training the completely wrong way. Like I had no idea until I got here, you know, and I was like, wow, it's crazy. It's so eye opening. Um, and so being able to, you know, transfer that knowledge and transfer that information to other people that might be interested or, you know, that might help with their training. Anybody sneak into your DMs that you're surprised by, you know, somebody like another fighter or an athlete or someone? Um, not really. No, not really. Like, I know there are a lot of people that watch my stories that don't interact, which is cool, too, you know. Um, and I appreciate that, you know, they're just the, they're, they're following my story and seeing what's up because there are also a lot of people that I might know from back home or whatever that will mention like a specific story that I put up that was kind of like maybe a little out of the ordinary. And then it'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah, I, I no one in particular that, um, you know, that uh, I can think of off the top of my head that is like really interacted. But um it's nice to like be able to put that out there and then like get responses. And then, so every day it's kind of like routine now that I'll post a bunch of stuff and it's usually towards the end of the day so that I can, you know, in a, in a way like kind of manicure it so that it, it, it's not, I'm just not posting like random stuff and then repeating things, you know? And so it's like in a chronological way with like, you know, what we eat, you know, what time we're doing our physio, what, what kind of exercise we're doing, um, what we've done in a class setting um, and how, you know, the, the intensity is making me feel and then being able to post that kind of at the end of the day. And then in the morning I'll have like a bunch of responses to that. And, and then being able to respond to those has been just, um, yeah, kind of a cool, like a little routine that I have. In the fight game there, there's no time, you know, where you go without injury, you know, setbacks, trials, tribulations, all of that, you know, talk about some of the things that you've been through the last three or four months, you know, some setbacks that you've had and, you know, overcoming them. Yeah. So, you know, we, we do have all the technology and all the knowledge to like, you know, injury prevention and like try to like bulletproof like our joints and like do all these activation exercises. Um, but even then it's like, you know, this is sport of MMA and everyone knows that we're, we're going to get injured. And if anything, like it's almost, I feel like they push us extra hard because they know that we have the resources to like recover. And so, you know, we have two days out of the week where we go like really, really hard. And that that's not just because they're sparring days, but in the afternoon we have like really intense S and C. So we might be like sparring like hard out in the morning and then we're lifting like our PR for like the heavy, like heavy, heavy deadlifts, you know, in the afternoon and then doing like prowler sprints. Um, but then that's because it follows with a deload day where we have like a half day that's more technique based. Um, so yeah, it's always, you always have something. So at the beginning of, of this whole, whole process, I think when I got here, like June, July, we were testing for VO2 max on the treadmill and, um, oh man, I wish I had video of this, but basically I ran until failure. And then I like try to, you're supposed to jump off the treadmill, which I, I try to do. But my hand slipped and I basically like fell while the treadmill was going like super, super fast. And it like rocket launched. I, so I fell on my fingers, my whole body weight. And then it rocket launched me straight into the wall behind me. And I slammed against the wall, right down on the ground. And so I hyperextended like a couple fingers and that put me off training, like normal training for like a couple of weeks. And it's actually still, it still looks freaking weird, but it's fine now. Like it's, we made a lot of progress. It was like a really slow but that was kind of a freak accident. Um, but then the beauty of that was, you know, even though I wasn't doing MMA training, I was also, I was doing gym work. And so I was always doing something. And then, um, I also have these things that like come and go, like, you know, my knees with, if I've been overtraining, it's because like my muscles are super tight. I'll get like pain. And like, you know, when I do certain movements and that's because I don't like foam roll enough. And so that's something that I needed to do and add to like my, my routine, um, and also this like neck thing that comes and goes, you know, and so it's nothing that, and it's like a nerve thing. Like, this is what a lot of people get to, whether it's like in your, in your neck or in the lower back. And then it'll send like this nerve sensation, like down to your hand, to your fingers, or for some other people, it's like down, to, down their leg. Um, and these things are, you could, you could rest for like 
a few weeks and it could, it would probably go away. But you know, that's not something that we have the luxury of doing in the sport. And so we've just had to regulate it by uh, working with our physio who plays such a big role in what we do. And so every morning there's triage. And so if there's something wrong with you, you have to go see them. In fact, they make the appointment for you and you have to show up and you have to be on time. Um, and this is, you know, maybe before, after breakfast, before the first session. And so they'll kind of assess your injury and see where you're at, see if you've lost any, um, strength in that particular, you know, limb or whatever, uh, and see how your range of motion is and see if you're fit to train or if you should be modified or if you should just sit out of training completely. So, you know, I've been seeing the physio and if there's nothing wrong with you, you don't have to see the physio, but I've basically been seeing the physio maybe for the past, like, uh, two months, at least like three months, like daily, you know, for this thing. And we've been able to manage it so well because I've had this happen to me in the past. It's like every time I have a fight camp, it comes like I already know. And it's like super uncomfortable. Sometimes it bothers the way that I sleep. Sometimes it bothers even when I'm walking or I'm carrying a backpack. And when I have, I get to rest and then it goes away, you know, and then when next fight camp comes around, it just comes back. And it's just been that, that kind of like, um, pattern. Um, so that's been great. And so it's kind of still there, but, um, and I still been training full training. It's just like, I might modify wrestling because wrestling aggravates it. And so when we wrestle, I'll do technique and instead of going live, I'll jump on the air, airdyne bike that they pull up and they have, you know, right next to the mats for us to go when we're sparring. And so I'll pick somebody who's sparring or who's going live. And then whenever they're going, I'm going at a certain wattage on the bike just to simulate that intensity. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're not injured, I mean, it's so rare that somebody's training MMA, especially in fight camp that hasn't has, ha, doesn't have some kind of injury that they're trying to manage. Um, and I know like most UFC fighters, like go fight with an injury, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and so it's just something that is part of, I think just the lifestyle and something that you just have to manage and try to be as smart as you can about. Now you have a fight coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah. Friday. Yes. Friday. Now that's less than a week away. Yeah. How, when did you find out that you were going to fight and decide to ramp up the training and the intensity to prepare yourself for this fight? Um, so I found out, well, this fight was scheduled for me already in like July because how the program also works is they, it's almost, it's somewhat of like, you know, managing your career essentially. So, um, the UFC Academy, um, will, you know, they, they have such a comprehensive assessment uh, process and so they know everything about you. They know all of your fights. They know your record. They know how you lost. They know how long of a layoff you have You have had. They know about your injuries. Um, and so the whole point is they're trying to get you to the UFC, right? And so they want to make sure that everyone not just trains the right way, um, you know, becomes a better athlete or recovers the right way, but also fights the right way and takes the right fights. Um, so with me coming into the program at, I was at 75 kilos and that's like, you know, I'm at like 66 and a half now. That's like a good seven and a half kilos heavier, um, than I am now. Um, obviously like I'm like at fight week, so I'm on track with my weight cut, but I was way too heavy for my weight division because they have that weight management or weight management, um, program that I, or weight, yeah, management program that I told you about last time where you have to be 15% maximum over your fight weight. And I was at 22. And so that was a really big factor with like when I was going to fight because everybody fights once, at least once within the six month period. Some people do, can do twice. And so because my weight was so high, they didn't want me to go and crash diet and like hit, you know, try to make weight for a fight in like September or October, which I probably would have done if I was anywhere else in the world, you know, just been like, oh, I'm, I always make weight, you know, and then just like died making weight and been like, I'm fine and not put on a good performance and have that affect my record and my career. And, you know, um, and so they purposely wanted me to fight in a later show in November. And so they've got a relationship with wars here in China. 
um, where, and it's great because they have shows every month. And so we have a group of people from the academy that go compete every month. So it can be a group as big as like 10 people, which is last month. And then we have six this month or as small as like, you know, two, three. Um, and so they already knew when those events were and they basically slotted us in based on who needed more time to like cut weight, who needed more time to develop. And so I think I was in both of those categories with needing to cut weight and needing to develop. And so they put me towards the end um, of the cycle. And so I knew about this November 15 date. Um, yeah, already pretty much in July, you know, and then it was just ingrained upon me at that time that what, everything that we're doing right now is for November. And like that starts like right now. And we need to start doing that. Um, and we need to be consistent about it. And so fight camp actually officially starts six weeks before the fight. Uh, and prior to that six weeks, we have a four week pre-fight camp prep where we're kind of getting ready for fight camp. And so um, that's the big uh, difference between that and fight camp would be the strength conditioning sessions mainly. And then once we're primed to enter fight camp or also just the nutrition part so that we're in a good place starting fight camp. And then once we're in fight camp, that's when more of the MMA portion will change. So it goes from um, being more rounded in terms of, you know, why I used to do off camp, you're doing jujitsu one day, one session, you're doing um, striking one session, you're doing wrestling one session and focusing more on disciplines and then sharpening that. But when you get into fight camp in that six week period, you get more specific. So you're only doing MMA. So if you're striking, you're doing MMA striking, that's linked up with wrestling as well. If you're wrestling, you're also striking, you know? So MMA is always the focus and always on your mind. That's always the intention. So you don't kind of get caught in like, oh, jujitsu, you know, without getting the, the, um, the risk of like getting striped, you know, but when that's not realistic to MMA. So you might like get used to doing moves, you know, and like get comfortable being on your back when you can do that in jiu-jitsu, but like not in MMA. So I think that's been um, a really eye-opening thing. Another thing that's been really educational as well for me. Are you preparing for that the opponent that you're facing? Or do you find yourself just preparing for anything that's possible with this with the PI, with the academy? I mean, for sure, we, we definitely prepare. Uh, for the opponent, you know, we study the opponent. So uh, the coaches actually will go through all of their tapes before meeting with us and then maybe going through the tape together and then talking about what we need to focus on. And so everyone has a game plan specific to their opponent. But at the same time, you know, fight, fight clips only show you so much. It's like this person could have improved. So like if you looked at the last time I fought was two years ago. And if you want to look at all my MMA fights and you want to critique me and be like, okay, this is exactly how to beat this girl from those fights. Like I'm a totally different fighter to what I was before. And so if you did that and you just purely based on that, um, then good luck <laughs> to you. So, you know, I can expect that this opponent that I have, who's you know, going to be a really tough girl. Like this isn't, this isn't going to be like a, oh, you know, warm up, comeback fight. She's coming back from injury. Let's give her like a, you know, warm up. It's, it's not like that at all. Like, I, I think this girl is probably going to be the toughest girl um, I've fought or one of the toughest girls. And, um, and uh, yeah, so we, we, we study her to a certain extent, but it's more just we can expect that she's probably going to be better than she was. You know, people always say that. They're always like, oh, yeah, you know, she actually was better than we thought. And so – um, we're, you know, looking at her stance, obviously Southpaw Orthodox, that matters, you know, whether she's strong on the ground or whether she's a striker that matters. Um, and then other than that, we're kind of just, we're going to have a game plan or we're just going to use really basic fundamentals, use what I'm comfortable with. Um, and then we're going to expect that she's going to be better than she was on those fights that we saw because everyone improves. Right. Um, and then just go in with, you know, what I'm confident doing, what I know works well for me in sparring so there's you know both of those things how are you feeling physically you know compared to any other camp that you've 
you've done going into fight week do you feel you know it's cliche to say but do you feel the best that you've ever felt physically yes absolutely like i can say that without a doubt because uh, you know i mean most people will say that as well right because you learn so much from every single camp but i've never had access to these kind of resources before um and i've been educated you know in the last five months i've learned so so much about mma programming about snc programming for fighting about nutrition for fighting about recovery for fighting or just athlete athletes in general about myself and how much i how much progress i've made relative to the metrics that they've set um and with all that preparation like i've been preparing for this fight for the last over five months you know like it's basically been a five-month camp with like little breaks in between um and you know more specific in the last six months and i've made so much progress and i think the preparation just contributes to confidence you know i know that the main thing is the diet and i have never been i think this consistent with my diet for such a long period of time and it's because of this program that we have and so um it's resulted in me having more energy in this fight camp than i have in any other fight camp and i've been able to work more have a higher output um than i ever have in the past and so that's already a determining you know that's already that already tells me that i'm looking better than i ever have that I don't feel like absolute crap three weeks out from the fight, you know, just like starving and like being like, Oh, I can only eat chicken breasts and vegetables now. You know, it's like, I was still able to kind of enjoy myself on weekends, you know, have like one meal where I could have like one thing that I really enjoyed and still be on track, you know, even two weeks out. And so, you know, that feeling of not feeling lethargic of not feeling stressed out over my diet, and allowing me to be more positive um, has helped tremendously with my overall stress levels leading into this. You know, normally I would be quite stressed by this point, but because all the guesswork has been taken out and there's so much, you know, there's always going to be unknown variables with what she's going to bring in and what it's going to be like and what fight day is going to look like. But we've eliminated as much of those as possible, as much of the unknowns as possible. And so I've never been more sure of myself. You know, obviously I cannot ever dictate what the outcome is going to be, but judging by how the last few months have gone, I am super confident in all the hard work that I've put into this, you know, and I just think there's no way I cannot put on the best performance that I have. And it's just the preparation that is, that breeds confidence and this new, you know, this confidence I have in myself, the confidence that I see the coaches have in me. Um, really helps me enjoy the process a lot more. And I think when I'm enjoying it, you know, like Adesanya says, right, when I'm having fun, I'm the best in the world. And I truly believe, like, even in sparring sessions, if I'm too focused on needing to get something done and I don't get it done and I don't meet that expectation that I had of myself, I get, I kind of spiral into this, like, oh, I missed that opportunity that I shouldn't have gotten taken down and blah, blah, blah. And then I just don't perform well the rest of the session. But when I'm in that mode and I can try to pull myself out of that me men mental state and be like, you know, like stop focusing on that, just like flow, have fun, only focus on two things, like simple things, like not try to be perfect and just enjoy yourself. And then when I'm like more relaxed, I'm more loose, I'm moving around a lot more, then I get my good rounds in, you know, and I think that is just going to imitate, you know, in the fight. And so if I can just enjoy the process, even if things come up that I might not expect, and just have fun with it, I know that I'll be looser. And then when I'm looser, I'm just in the moment and I'm flowing. And when I'm flowing, I know that all the good things, all the things that I've practiced is just going to come naturally. And I'm just going to be able to execute a lot better. It's almost been two years, you know, like since your last fight. And I'm pretty sure that's in your mind. And But it seems like you just, you've went through everything that you needed to go through in the last six months to prepare yourself physically and it seems like mentally, uh, you're at the top of your game heading into this fight week. Um, this performance, you know, this fight, could this dictate maybe you fighting for the UFC? Or will it take a few more fights, do you think? Have, have they talked to you about that? 
no, no, they haven't said anything about that. <clears throat> um, so it's just really my own interpretation of what I think is is going to go. Um, I, because uh, my record doesn't look so good right now, you know, and so, and I've been, I've had this long layoff. And so it's going to take a few fights, a few fights. And, you know, every, every fight is, is going to be a determining factor to whether or not I make it from here, from here on out. And so, you know, a lot is riding on this one fight. And so there is a lot of pressure at the same time. I can't let that get to me because then it'll affect my performance. And so as long as I focus on having fun and enjoying the process, I think the success will be a byproduct. And so, you know, my own, my own interpretation of how things are looking, I think I'll probably need to be very, stay very active next year and need to rack up like a bunch of wins. Um, before I start looking attractive to the UFC for them to sign me onto their roster. So still have a lot to prove definitely. Um, but, and, and one of the things that's going to really help me get there is to stay in this program. So it's a six month program. We all sign a six month contract, which ends next month. And then next month, every six months, they're going to have another combine where they're going to introduce, um, they're going to have, more people come and participate and they're going to reselect the team, which I like because then you're really keeping like the top of the top, you know, like no one's, it prevents people from like being too comfortable or becoming too complacent and thinking like I'm already in the program. Like I can just kind of sit back and relax and not put as much effort because there are so many people all over the world that would kill for this opportunity. And we just have to remember that. Um, and so my bigger goal now, you know, I think the UFC is kind of a little further for me. My big immediate goal is obviously to win this fight, but also to stay in the program, you know, because I still, even though I developed a lot, I still have a lot more development to go to get to that level, to be successful in the UFC, because I also don't want to sign to the UFC, you know, win a fight, lose two or three and then get cut. You know, like that's just, I, that's not what I want my legacy to be. And that's just not why I'm, I'm doing this. You know, I'm not doing this just to be in the UFC. Like I want to actually be successful in the UFC. And this program is designed to prepare me for that, you know, for, for not just to get in there and to win like one or two fights and like kind of have a weird record, but to be successful, to hopefully rank. Right. And so um, I'm looking at hopefully this win and then, you know, having a few more wins next year. And, and I really want to be very active. I want to get three, four fights next year. And then we'll see, we'll see where that takes me. And hopefully, hopefully I can, I can look to, towards, towards the UFC at that point. Are you the type of person that goes back and watches their own fights at any time? I am not that kind of person, but I am going to try to do that more. That's, that's one of the things I was actually just listening to the podcast. Someone was talking about that. I think it's definitely, I, I, I cringe at watching myself in video, just in general, like th this podcast, I probably wouldn't watch this podcast because I just cringe at myself talking. Like even when I do speeches and I do talks, yeah, I don't really like watching myself just in general, even when I'm like doing like presentations, or, like talks and stuff, but it's definitely super important. So that's something that I'm going to, I think I did watch a bunch of my fights with a coach, one of my coaches in Phuket. I think that was the last time I did that, but I'm going to have to take a look again, look at those bad habits. Cause I also have a really good idea of like what my bad habits are. You know, I see it inspiring. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's kind of an important thing to be doing. I think two weeks ago, Three weeks ago, something like that, maybe last week, they announced that they were going to introduce the Contender Series in, in Asia at the yeah. PI, where you are at right now. Did, did they talk to you about that? You know, did, they, did they give you any information to the, to the people uh, that are involved in the program about that, that series that, that, that's coming out next year? So, yeah, they did, tell, they did tell us about that when it got announced. Um, it's going to be, I forget how many events they're going to have, like something like, uh, I could be wrong. I want to say like six events next year, which is amazing, which is crazy. I mean, we have the facilities for it. Um, so it makes sense. And, 
it's going to be a good opportunity for some of the people in the program that are ready and at the level and sort of almost make, um, kind of, cause we're kind of in different, um, tiers like of development. And so some people just need more, more time to develop and maybe fight in all these smaller shows. And I think the people that are more ready to get into UFC are going to get to, uh, participate in the contender series. And, um, it's going to be cool, you know, to be able to just fight in a facility where we're so comfortable already, where we already train. Um, and it's also going to be really cool to open it up to people all over Asia. So it's going to be an Asia wide thing with, you know, Korea is going to get involved, Japan, um, you know, Southeast Asia. And, uh, it's going to be really incredible for Asian MMA, you know, um, to be able to do this and to be able to support uh, up and coming fighters that, you know, are trying to make a name for themselves, um, maybe are just limited to like smaller shows just because they're in Asia and we don't have shows that are feeders into the UFC. And so hopefully this will be, this will be that. And, um, definitely everyone in the program is super excited because we all want a shot, you know, and it's not guaranteed that we're going to get a shot. It really depends on the coaches and whether they think we're ready or not. Um, but it would be very cool, you know, to kind of, you know, we're representing China and, uh, we're going to be going up against, you know, other countries and it'll be, it'll be a really cool kind of like, you know, China versus the world type of situation. Um, and you know, with the potential to, to make it into UFC to get a contract or even, I think there's also potential to, you know, winners would be able to actually compete in the one in the U S the contender series in Vegas. Yeah. Um, I love the idea that they're bringing that in because there's, you know, you know, as good as myself, there's so many fighters out here that just need a shot that, that really don't, you know, fit, fit one championship or, or any of the other promotions, you know what I mean? And they, 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 they need this shot to get into the UFC and, and this is their way. And, and they're chomping at the bits right now. Once that news came out, they're like, Oh my God, how do I even just get my name? you know, out there so they could see me so I could get a, get a, get a spot on that season. But I don't think they're in the process of doing it right now. I think they're still kind of putting everything together, but, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, we're going to see some incredible fights on that series. Like, oh yeah. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be amazing. You know, just like making this so much more accessible to Asian fighters. That'll just ultimately bring up the level in the region, you know? And, um, and yeah, I think there are a lot of people that are, there are a lot of great fighters in Asia that people don't even know about purely because of the reach, you know, in China, especially it's like, people don't have Instagram here. Like they're, they're, you know, like they have their own social media. So it's like a lot of these kids in the program are, are freaking they're weapons, these guys. And they're so young. And there's like one guy, it's like, Oh, he's an amateur. Really? <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, like be a part of this whole development. Right. It's, it's such a privilege and an honor to even be at that facility, to, to be amongst, you know, all that good energy, that positive, you know, influence and and um, and just love for the sport. And everyone's just there because they love it. You know, everyone's there because they're passionate about making this grow, even, you know, from the coaches to the physios, to the nutritionists, to the coaches or to the to the other staff um, and especially the fighters. And so. uh yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I, I process, you know, I, I kind of just have to take a step back and like process, like, it's crazy you know, this is going on. All this is going to be a part of history with like this first, you know, class of the UFC Academy and, you know, with the contender series coming and, and what this means for, you know, MMA in China and MMA in Asia. Um, but I think, you know, it's just going to make the sport grow even more exponentially than it is, you know, tapping into the Asian market. Um, and then hopefully letting the world see what Asia has to offer. The UFC Academy, there's a, many of the fighters already fought in the regional scene, you know, during their time there. It seems like you guys have a pretty good record, uh, you know, amongst the fighters. I don't know the exact record. Could you give us some detail on that? Uh, you mean like fight record? Yeah, like, you I mean, know, you, you guys have, you know, many of the fighters already fought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like something like uh, uh, out of, uh, I don't know, I want to say like six, 
I could be wrong. I think it's like out of 16 fights. Yeah, I'm just really guessing. Mm-hmm. I think we've only lost two. Yeah, that yeah, that, I've seen that. Like it, it, the production is is uh pretty high. You know, like there's some good results from the program and uh, yeah. and the fighters going out there and and producing uh, exciting fights and winning. Yeah, yeah, because you know, and there, and there are a lot of guys that also say like I've never had a weight cut like that. Like, and you know, we're a lot of the, what we're doing is very different to what people are used to. And so it's like, for example, um, on uh, fight week. Like we have our nutrition plan fight week and we're eating food still. And it will be the most food that anyone's eaten on fight week. Cause most people, most people just like cut food. They start eating like a little bit of nuts and like some shredded chicken breasts and like nothing else, but they've got us eating more food than we're used to. And then people are like, no, 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 I can't do this. And they're like, no, trust us. Like it'll be fine. Trust us. Because a lot of people just don't know the science behind it. And our nutritionist has a PhD in weight cutting. So, you know, you have to trust the guy. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is the easiest cut I've ever had. Like, I feel great. And so I think it comes down to people having more confidence, feeling a lot better, feeling better rested for their fights. And so they're actually fighting at their potential now, whereas maybe in the past they did well despite poor preparation. And so I think that's kind of the common theme with, in general, just fighters just feeling a lot better leading into a fight mentally fit and physically than they ever have which leads to a better performance because of all of the look you know different components that kind of go into it um so that's been great and it's just you know a big testament to all the work that we've been putting into it um and then you know hopefully get the word out that that we're get the word out of you know what we're doing out here you're heading into your fight your your uh, fight week yourself. Um, what is the the plan? You know, do you have the schedule already set out? Like Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and everything's. You know, what's going on? Like, are you doing your typical fight week stuff, or do they got everything set up for you where you don't even have to worry about that? Yeah, it's so they have everything um, sorted for us. Um, everything from like what we're gonna eat, and what, how much water we're supposed to drink. And so all the, obviously you have your class schedule that's all sorted for you. And then when you're going to fly and then when you're going to cut weight, how you're going to cut weight. Um, and so we have like, we get these, like this, like kind of supplement pill box of like all the supplements we're supposed to eat like four times a day, like from Monday all the way until Sunday after the fight. Um, all the food that we're going to eat is going to be provided to us. So we have a list of things and they explain it to us. And we had a meeting going over this comprehensively and then they kind of give us the plan. Um, and, uh, but then they're also going to provide everything for us, like all the water that we're going to need to drink, all the food that we're going to eat, eat, even after weigh-ins, like the meal timing and what you're going to eat when, um, and also when you're going to be warming up, what your warm up routine is going to be like. We went over that yesterday and it was phenomenal. It like was a proper warm up routine. Cause a lot of people don't mm-hmm. probably warm up. If you're just shadow boxing, like that's not a proper warm up. Um, and so it's like shoulder activation, glute activation, trigger point therapy, you know, um, more like explosive things to get like the blood flowing before you get into your, uh, get into your shadow boxing, your, your, uh, pad hitting. So everything is just, you know, we don't have to think about anything. So everything's just like sorted for us. And so they've just kind of given us a plan and it's the exact same plan that they did with the guys last month who won nine out of their 10 fights. So it's like, you know they're already familiar. They're familiar with the area. We're fighting in the same place. We're fighting the same show. The setup's going to be the same. We're staying at the same hotel. We're going to be going to the same sauna. So it should happen like clockwork, you know, and they're very confident and they're telling us, you know, they also have like spreadsheets for us with like where we're weight is supposed to be each day of fight week, how many percentage over, how many percentage over, how many percentage over, and just really to trust in them and trust in the process, you know? Um, So that's going to be, that's what's going to make a really difficult process just straightforward and less stressful, I think. So let's say we want to watch this fight, you know, or we want to attend this fight. Like, could you give us some information on how that we would go by doing that? So they don't stream. They don't do anything live because this is like a broadcasting company. Um, so it actually is filmed in like a studio. Um, and what they do is they'll film like something like 30 fights in one go. So it's like 
2 p.m. to like 2 a.m. or so. It's like 12 <laughs> hours of filming. And then they'll release on national TV 10 fights every week. And so that'll last them for the month. And then and then they, they have another event the next month. So unfortunately, nothing live. So the best is like someone's going to be taking some grainy ass video of the thing. And then I'll probably post it maybe. Or I might wait until the actual fight comes out and just like post results. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I think you, you can like go there and probably like get in. I think I have one friend who's like coming with me, like as part of the entourage. Um, but it's not like a super public, public event, I don't think. So yeah, when I get the footage of the fight, like I'll definitely post that. So maybe it might be like a little later, but, um, in terms of results, I'll definitely post that right after I'm done with that. I will, you know, hopefully. You know, you go out there, you do the best that you can, get that victory, and uh, and no matter what the result is, you know, we'll get you back on to talk about the fight and and to talk about you know what's gonna happen afterwards and how you feel about yourself and everything. You know what I mean? And and it's uh it's been the time has went by so fast. It seems like you know it seems like I just talked to you right before you're heading into the to the UFC Academy, and now we're here. We're sitting at like five months or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And like what I knew then is like so different to what I know now, you know, like with like how things were supposed to go or like my expectation was like, it was just completely exceeded. I just didn't even know what to expect. So, you know, it's just crazy. Like I had no idea what I was getting into at the beginning there. No idea at all. I Ramona, well, you know, good luck on the fight and, uh, and you know, you you seem like physically and mentally ready to go and it's great to see that that you have you know benefited so much from your time there you know cuz sometimes you know you could go into a program and or into anything you know and and uh and not get the most out of it but it seems like you have and it and it, you know it's good to see yeah i think it's also you know knowing knowing that at the age that I'm at, you know, I only have a few more years left of this and I really want to make a run for it. And you know, I really want to maximize it as much as I can, you know, and now is the time to do that. And I'd be an idiot if I didn't make the most out of it. Right. So, um, this will be, you know, one of the biggest things I ever try to do in my life. And I want to make sure that I give it everything I have, you know, and just really just no regrets. I want to know that by the, by the end of my career, when I'm 45 and I'm looking back at this and I'm looking at the kids in my program, you know, peaking in like winning championship world championships in the UFC, like, and look back at those times and be like, yo, I trained with that guy, you know, and like, I gave it everything I had and I hung with those kids <laughs> and, um, and that will give me confidence to like move into like other areas, you know, that I decided to go to in life. So I think that's really the mentality just go in with like the intention of doing the best that I can regardless of what happens. And, um, that will bring me the most fulfillment at the end of the day and, and the most happiness and joy. And that's, I think what people are mostly are trying to chase really. And that starts with the choices that you make and the effort that you put in. So. Mm -hmm.